This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, good evening. Good to see you. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're here. We welcome you if you're watching by live stream. Glad to have you with us. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. And we are going to make some moves here. We're going to go to the book of Malachi 3 to receive our tithes and offerings. As you're going to Malachi 3, just a couple things real quick. Remember the faith closet's open after the service. Be sure and get your little blessings from class before you go. And then again, uh, you have the, the marriage night coming, the Mexico trip coming. So those are good things. Again, you're going to Malachi 3. I'm just going to give you a couple of God thoughts. Um, you remember when the, the Israelites had crossed over and they were going to the first city, Jericho, and the Lord said to, to Joshua, man, you got to do these crazy things. And one of them was on the last day, on the seventh day, he said, you march around that city seven times. And on that seventh time, you shout. And remember what happened when the, the, the shout took place. The walls come down. And so I was in here today at lunch, and I began to walk, and I went fast as I could around this auditorium, around the house of God, seven times. Man, I was moving. And I got on the seventh one, and I'm telling you, there was a shout. And I just began to shout, a shout of faith, a shout of praise. And I'm gonna tell you right now, sometimes you shout by faith. It may sound crazy to this mind, but in your heart, and some of you are pretty, shout. You shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You shout unto God with a voice of praise. And you watch what God will do, so stir yourself up. And if you don't have anywhere to shout, come up here and shout with me, okay? We'll walk in here, and this is how you stay lean, mean, in a fighting machine. You walk and pace. And just kidding, okay? That part. Malachi 3, the tithes and offerings. Now, we were here a week ago. I'm, I'm going to begin tonight, and the Lord just told me to go real slow with this. So we were in verse 6 last week. We're in verse 8 today. Will a man rob God? Question mark. Yeah, you have robbed me, exclamation point. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And the Lord says, in tithes, plural, and offerings, plural. Now, when he says, you've robbed me, You've, you've either taken what wasn't yours or you compromised. Because when you study the word of God, the tithe is 10%, okay? God makes that very clear. And so in this right here, he says, you've robbed me. Now, you can rob God, you can do that. But there are consequences. He goes on to say in verse 9, you are cursed with a curse. In other words, you are under a self-inflicted curse. Now don't get mad at me, okay? It's the Bible. You are under a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And so I remember there was a period in my life where I wasn't honoring God with my time. Part of it was out of ignorance, and another part was just, I thought, I can't do this. And so I, I remember working several jobs just to make it, and I, I remember one night that I'd worked through the day, and there was a guy I got to work through for at night, and we would go into large stores. And what we'd do, we'd, we'd strip the floor, and then we'd go back and wax it. 
And I remember this very clearly one night as at TGNY. Do any of you even know what TGNY is? Some of you do. You know what TGNY stands for, don't you? They jip you. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. So anyhow, I'm at TGNY. And man, I began to have a pity party. I began to bellyache and complain. And I remember we would move racks and I thought, you know what, I, I, I can't even buy my kids a toy. I only have enough money to, to, to buy them a clothing piece right here. And there was a thought on me that it isn't fair. That isn't fair that I can't even do this. And there was something that I'll never forget that night that took place. That the Lord said, you're under a curse. I didn't like to hear that. But me and Shelly had been studying the scriptures and I knew what it was said. And we began to look at things. And I said, we got to do things different. We got to do it God's way. And so he goes on to say, verse 10, bring all the tithes, plural. And why it's plural is every time you get a paycheck, you're to bring all your tithes where? Into the storehouse, into the house of God. Why? That there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Prove me now this. So God challenged them to counter their neglect by proving his faithfulness in this manner if we would just give, if I would just obey the scripture. So in this situation, if you've robbed God and you're under a curse, what do I do? I repent and I tell Father God, I'm, I'm sorry for robbing you. I'm sorry for being a thief and I ask you today to put your grace upon me that you would grace me where I would obey your promises. Now, when I begin to open up and I begin to do what he says, man, there are incredible blessings, okay? Incredible blessings. And so you gotta be biblical in this area. Look what the Bible says. Keep studying this. Give Don't miss next week. We're gonna come back and we're gonna go a little farther and you're going to see what begins to take place. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. That's great. Let's pray. Father, we love you again. We thank you for the opportunity just to hear your word. And Lord, I, I pray your blessing right now on everyone in here that your word would come alive. And Father God, people would act on this and get to a place in their life where whew, you prove your faithfulness because of our actions of obedience in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Um, just real quickly, turn with me to the book of James, chapter 4. James, chapter 4. I, I don't have a ton of scriptures tonight, at least I don't think I do. But we are here on week 6, I believe, at least on this counterfeits. And this is one of those ones I, oh my goodness, I couldn't wait to get here. I thought this one is incredible, okay? And I, I welcome you to open your heart up to this and just watch what the Word of God says. But oftentimes we hear the word world. And, and when we hear the word world, it's this current age or the value system we, we live in. It's, it's not talking about this planet Earth. For God so loved the world. The Lord Jesus said in, in uh, Matthew 16, 26, he said, You can gain the whole world, but lose your soul. Now, when he said you can gain the world, he was literally talking about wealth and power, fame and fortune. You can gain 
wealth and power, fame and fortune. But he said, you'll lose your soul. And, and so when I look at gaining the whole world, fame and fortune and, and power and wealth, actually, he's telling him this because I believe those become the gods of my life. I begin to live for that. And so we highlight just a little bit of the word world. Now, we begin tonight in James chapter 4, verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? What is the cause of these conflicts? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? Now, it's interesting. He says, your desires for pleasure. So the desires that, that make it a battle are what is within us. The things that are fighting for my, my, my time and everything, the desires within me. That you war in your members. So what he's telling us here, you fight to have your own way. And there's a battle to fulfill your desires. And so what James is getting to within every one of us, there's a war going on on the inside of you and it's for the desires of your pleasures. Verse two, you lust. You lust. Ooh, what a word. And what do we lust for? You lust and you don't have. So the word lust means you want. You scheme for what you don't have. But I still lust for it. I go out even though I don't have it. He goes on to say, you murder or, or you cause uh, harm or envy and jealousy. And he says next, and you covet, but you cannot, uh, uh, you cannot obtain. Now, when you look at the three things he says there, we lust, we murder, and we covet. So what he's talking about here are these desires that churn within every one of us. These desires. The end of verse 2. Yet you do not have because you don't ask. Now he's going to get over on the three areas of prayer. The first thing he said is you don't have because you don't ask. Verse 3, you ask but you do not receive or you fail to receive. And he goes on to say because you ask amiss. So he says you ask but you ask for the wrong things or you ask for the wrong reason. That you may spend it on your pleasures. So what you see here again, he talked about pleasures in verse one and he's talking about pleasures within us. Go on and keep reading with me. Verse number four. Adulterers, and adulteresses. Better stated here, you have become spiritual adulteresses and adulterers. You have broken your vows to love and serve and follow God. And he says, do you not know that friendship with the world is an enmity with God or an enemy of God? 
And so what he's saying here, you're cheating on God. You're in a, a, a loving affair, an unholy relationship with the world. Knowing that friendship through the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So when he talks about the world here, it refers to the world system, to the world's values, to the world's mindsets, to the world's philosophies, that these run contrary to the will and the way of God. And so the world suggests that you leave your relationship to, the, to achieve these things of the world. But that's never God's idea. That's never God's desire. Now look at verse 5 real closely. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, does the scripture mean nothing to you? The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. A fierce, jealous lover. So when we turn from the Lord to, to pursue friendship with the world, it, it kicks in this jealousy from our Father. So we go way back to Exodus 20 when we, we started. Remember one of the characteristics or the, the significant names of Father God, a covenant name? He's a jealous God. And so God doesn't want to share us with the world. And he's saying right here, you, you can't do it both ways. You can't have the world and God at the same time. And so when I read this right here, I have to ask myself this question. Am I been cheating on God? Have I been romancing with, with the world? And so he, he breaks it down to me just brilliantly how all this comes alive. And so there's nothing wrong with pleasures. God gives us the desires of our heart. But what happens when those pleasures and those desires start being the God of my life, that that's all I live for, and I push God out, and I say, this is what I desire more than you, Father God. The very next chapter, or the very next book, is the book of 1 Peter. Go to your right to 1 Peter chapter, 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, I'm going to start reading, and it's going to look a little different here for a minute, but we'll fill in the blanks here and give you an idea of what the, the scriptures are talking about here. Wives, likewise. Now, with that, with that word likewise, there's literally a comparison is, is drawn here between the, the obedience between a husband and wife and also the obedience between a servant of God and Father God. This is what he's talking about. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Now, you know what he just said there? You don't have to say a word. And this may... And in no way am I going over after wives. It's not what we're talking about tonight. We can flip it the whole way. But how many of you have ever 
nagged your wife or you've nagged your husband to do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting right here that he says, you don't have to say a word. You can win them with your conduct. And some of you said, well, I would rather say a word. Verse two, when they observe or they see or they witness your chaste, your pure, and your modest conduct accompanied by fear, it'll change them. What will change them? Your conduct, the purity of your heart. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, but he was one of the greatest evangelists of life. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. Crazy name, I know. Smith was a plumber, and he wasn't born again, and he didn't know God at all. But he had a wife that loved Jesus with all her heart, and every Sunday she would say, Smith, you're welcome to go to church with me today. And he'd say, I'm not going, and I don't want you to go either. And she said, I love you, but I'm going to obey the Lord Jesus. I'm going to go to church. And Wednesday night would come around, and he'd get home from work. And she'd say, Smith, I'm going to church tonight. You want to come? And he said, no, and I don't want you to go either. But she would go. Well, one night on a Wednesday night, she said, Smith, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to church. And he said, you go to church tonight. I'm going to lock every door in this house where you can't get in. So she says, I got to obey Jesus. She goes to church. She comes home. Every door is locked. She falls asleep with her head against the door. The next morning, he wakes up, he opens the door, and she falls in. And you know what she says? What would you like me to cook you for breakfast this morning? It wasn't long until that man got born again and became one of the greatest evangelists of all time. Now, when that door opened and she said, what do you want for breakfast? I really wonder if she didn't have the thought that thought, I'll fix you some burnt toast. I got something for you. I, I got a little special seasoning on your pancakes. No. Verse 3, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Don't, don't let it be just merely this outward appearance, this external look. The arranging of the hair, the wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Don't, don't just focus on those outward things. Now, really, when I read this, this pertains to men too, okay? I mean, it's not about the polo emblem on my shirt. It's not about the Jordan symbols on my shoes. It's not about the Rolex watch you wear. Those are all outward things. And listen, God's not against those things. But it's interesting that he says that don't let your dormant be merely outward. God wasn't saying don't look your best. God wasn't saying don't shower. God wasn't saying don't wear that leave me alone cologne. Don't. That's not what he was saying. 
But he said, don't let it all be outward. Verse 4. Now listen to the wordings here. Rather, contrast, let it be the hidden person of the heart. Wow. The most inner recess of our being with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. Now, when I read that, this hidden person of the heart, this is a big deal to God. It's, it's huge. And so when we talk about these outward things, whether, whether it's the clothing, the apparel, the jewelry, all that, if I'm not careful, those things become my idols. Woo, if I just had a Rolex watch. If I, and you fill in the blanks. I mean, we go over and over. So what begins to happen? Those become my desire instead of the desire of the hidden person of the heart. The real me, the real thing on the inside. And if you note here, Father God said, which is precious is in his sight. So when God looks at us, he, he looks and he's looking for those things that are precious in insight. And when it's precious in insight, it's a magnet to him. God's like, whew, that's my boy, that's my girl. The very next book of the Bible, we go past 2 Peter and we go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Get your seatbelt on, okay? This, this is some of the most incredible biblical information on this that you're going to get. 1 John 2 verse 15. Do not love the world... Again, this physical creation, this planet Earth, don't love the world or the things in the world. The evil operating in our world under the dominion of Satan is what this is talking about. Don't love the world or the things the world has to offer you. So you know what he's telling us here? Don't set the affections of your heart entirely on the things of this world. That's all I live for. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So the world and the love of God, it's, it's incompatible. So what the Lord is telling us through this scripture right here is when I start uh, placing the things of the world over here, it, re it affects our relationship. It affects my relationship with my father and it squeezes out the intimacy that is uh, desired for him or designed for him. And so I start living for the things of the world. That's all I live for. Verse 16. Woo, watch this now. For all that is in the world, for all that is in the world, the cravings of this world, now they're going to be characterized out right here by, by three attitudes or three temptations, okay? For all that is in the world is number one, the lust of my flesh, 
the gratifications, the cravings, the physical pleasures that I desire, the, the lust of my flesh. I want my own way. The first one, the lust of my flesh. Whew, there's a lot of things my flesh can lust for. But he said, this is of the world. Number two, the lust of the eyes. The cravings for everything we see. We bow to the gods of materialism. Man, you just think about how, how powerful your eyes are with the things you see, the lust of my eyes. I mean, you, you can lock onto a certain car and you're like, I, I'd die for that dude. You can look at uh, a certain things day by day in magazine. You let the lust of my eyes. Now, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit on this because I personally believe the next part of the lust of the eyes that I'm going to bring up is an epidemic in our society. It's a thing called pornography. The lust of my eyes. So when I get involved with pornography, I'm lusting over something that isn't mine. And you know as well as I do, it's everywhere. Everywhere you go, it's everywhere. And I can tell you right now, man, there's times when, when I, I go to the mall with Shelly and I get near Victoria's Secret, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I got to turn, man. I, I can't look at that stuff. Why, Pastor? Because it'll affect you. Well, you're a pastor. It shouldn't affect you. Dear God, you need to pray for me then. I'm a human being. And it can be very innocent whether on TV. How many of you notice on TV? Man, I grew up in the 60s when, when little, uh, Leave it to Beaver was on. Some of you said, Leave it to who? I remember the first time I saw them kiss, and I was like, oh my gosh, they kissed on TV. Now, skin is in, baby. I mean, it doesn't matter where you go, what you do, it's, it's in front of us. And, and so this thing called the lust of my eyes, it's real. It's a pull from the world. It's something that tries to grip us. Do you know they say right now the pornography industry and the social, men in, uh, social media industry goes after 10-year-olds? Let's catch them early and let's reel them in. How, how many of you have ever gotten in trouble with the things in your life when you were a teenager? That's the Bible. You know Why? The Bible says, flee youthful lusts. Flee youthful lusts. It's 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, the, 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 the man Job in Job 31, he said this, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a woman. 
And I'm just telling you right now, I don't care who you are, men and women, right? You better make a covenant with your eyes because if you don't, it's gonna reel you in. It's always popular when I preach on stuff like this. Guys, I'm not exempt from these things. I'm just telling you right now, this stuff is real. It was interesting years ago that the Dallas Cowboys created this thing called the Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders. And I used to think, why would they do that at a ball game? You know why? Because they knew the lust of the eyes would bring in people right and left. It's crazy what happens in those areas. Ooh, I better keep going. The third one is the pride of life, which literally means my achievements and my possessions. I, man, I, I am full of pride with my, my status and my importance. I, I, I want to imp, appear important. I want everybody to look at my titles, my achievements, everything I got. And it's interesting right here. He ends verse 16, then he says, is not of the Father. None of these are of the Father, but it is of the world. Hmm. So when I read these three, the lust of my flesh, the lust of my eyes, the pride of life, this is intense. It, it, it's, it's pulling on us. It's, it's waged on us 24-7 right now. Something's happened in this world that just keeps pulling, and it's not going to get any easier. That's why i got to give my heart to Jesus, and I stay focused. Well, let me keep reading here. i got to get somewhere. Verse 17. The world is passing away, and when it says there, this isn't talking about the planet. This is talking about the things of this world and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So that word lust there again is strong desire of any kind. The evil desires that are ready to express themselves. So when I begin to look at the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life... If you were to go back into the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, those were the same temptations that went after Adam and Eve. If you were to go and look at the, the three temptations that Satan went after Jesus in Matthew 4, verses 4 through 10, it's the same three. He's still coming at us, guys. He'll continue to come and the goal is to dilute my love for the Father and turn my affections for the things of the world. And so what happens to us? I mean, I can go back to James. Am I cheating on God? Do I have lost my relationship with God? Am, am I more about the outward, the inward, or this? Do you have a problem with the lust of your flesh, the lust of your eyes, the pride of life? See, the first way to get set free for everyone, I gotta admit it. I got it. I got a problem. Well, Pastor, we don't talk about that in church. Well, we better start. You know why? We're all sinners, saved by grace through faith. He hadn't come up with new inventions to come. It's still the same three. 
And so what do I do in this area? Man, I go before God and, and I repent. And I say, Father God, I'm sorry for this. But listen, th this is an area in my life. I stood years ago on Colossians 1, 12 and 13. And Colossians 1, 13 says that he delivered me out of the power of darkness. So the area of my life that was darkness at the time was alcohol, but it will fit on any area of your life. Darkness is darkness. And so I go in there and I repent of that and I start saying, Father God, I come before you. I ask you to deliver me. I, I welcome your power to set me free from the lust of my flesh, the lust of my eyes, the pride of life. And I'm t you stay with it. How long? As long as you're on this planet Earth, you keep speaking the word. You keep speaking that. Whoo, I've been set free from the power of darkness. Jesus transferred me into the kingdom of light. Whoo, the sun sets free, it's free indeed. And I stay with it and I stay with it. And I can't put my guard down. I can't put my guard down. I thank you, Lord, that you've delivered me from the lust of my eyes. I thank you today. And again, you stay with it and you, well, you keep speaking the word. You keep speaking those promises and you watch what God will do. But if we don't confront it, if we don't act like it's a problem, anything I don't confront is gonna get worse. And when I say confront it, man, I confront it in the name of Jesus. I confront it with the blood of the lamb. I speak those things. Okay, stand up. Ooh, I'm down to one minute. Let me help you with just a little bit of this. Is there stuff in your life right now that's it's gripped you? It's got a hold of you. It's got its claws and it's, it's bondage. Well, pastor, I don't know if it's bondage. I've only been doing it 21 years. Well, it's bondage. Okay, that's bondage. And I just tell you this, none of us in this room are exempt from it. That's why I come before God and you be transparent. And so I'm gonna ask you to bow your head. Father God, I, I thank you for your word tonight. And in any of these areas, Lord, whether it was, whoo, James, the, the adulterers and the, Lord, we, we, we repent for not being loyal to you. Lord, I repent. Father God, if anything within me is more about outward than inward, Lord, I, I repent. And Father God, we, we jump to 1 John 2. The lust of my flesh, the lust of my eyes, the pride of my life. And Father God, we ask you to forgive. We ask you to set us free. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.